gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Oh my gosh, boys. Episode 140 of For Future Considerations. Huge benchmark for the boys. Before we get started, John, I got I'm I'm busting still. I gotta tell you something. This is this is awesome. I, yesterday was a big day for me. Uh oh. I, I don't want I I know. I don't like to toot my own horn or pat myself <laughs> on the back or anything very much on the show. But John, you gotta understand where I'm coming from. Yesterday was a big day for me. What happened? I got to see I got to see Michelangelo <laughs> sculpt. I got to see Van Gogh paint. I got to see Beethoven write his next symphony. I got to see Manny Pava in the coach's box for FC McAuliffe, whatever the team's <laughs> name is, the Aces. Yes. The Aces. I got to see him run his soccer team for the first time. And I got to tell you, Rashad, I have developed a new love for the beautiful game because I just saw it at its at its most precious core what a, what an afternoon! I'm still. I, I, I'm sorry to sideline the show or sidetrack the show right away, but that was uh, that was a highlight. I've seen a perfect game, a no hitter, and Manny Pava coach youth soccer, and I don't know in what order those events go. Wow. Well, it's easily number one. Like, easily. Come on! I mean, I feel bad for Mark Burley, but. <laughs> This is a debate show. We can debate all you want, but there really is no debating it whatsoever. Even though my team got shellacked 6-3. Listen, I wasn't going to mention the score. You had him at 3-2, and then the, the, the one brunette girl had a chance. And she took the she took a shot. She should have made the pass. Yes. I, I thought they should have kicked it all the way to the other side of the field kick it across and then make a push and then kick it all the way back and kick it back to the other side and then try to, and then kick it all the way back. But she decided to, to try to force her way in and take a shot and, and it went to hell from there. But she doesn't like to pass a and B the other team has like the best player in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell is sideshow Bob? <laughs> yes, exactly. His hair was like sideshow Bob. He scored four of his team's six goals. And all he did was take it from one end to the other That's end. It. He went around the whole team, even his own players. He, he wouldn't even pass it. He went around his own guys. The only guy I've ever seen in a soccer game, make a move where a player from the other team and his own team both fell over <laughs> never seen it before in my life <laughs> oh it's quite an experience Rashad can you top that how have you been <laughs> well no I haven't seen a brain surgeon perform on a brain or anything like that <laughs> it was like watching J-Lo convince somebody else to marry her it's just like <laughs> again again <laughs> It was just, it was seamless. Like, you, you don't even, uh, you don't even really know how to put it into words. Oh, man. <laughs> Smooth like butter, eh, Manny? <laughs> <laughs> our, our, I knew you would do that. You're such a big BTS fan that you would be quoting that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy episode 140 guys can you believe yeah you made it? that's pretty good wow unbelievable that's my iq <laughs> 
soccer IQ? <laughs> well, and this being July 27th, how about this fact in sports history? Rashad, this one's for you. Boris Becker stunned the tennis world by becoming the youngest player to win Wimbledon at the age of 17. Wow. Wow, yeah. Is that was that your guy? No, actually, in my house we were uh, John McEnroe fans, so we were anti Boris Becker. Oh, we, really? Yeah, you can't be fans of both. You have to be one or the other. Yeah, we were definitely John McEnroe fans in my household. My dad loved him. The one great thing about tennis, and at any point in tennis history, and John, you'd be able to speak better of this than than I would. There's always a really good rivalry in tennis. Like, there's always two or three guys. Like, I just still think it's amazing that the three that we get to see now have been so good for so long at the same time. But there's always a good rivalry matchup between, like, the one and two or the one and four or something like that. There's always a couple of guys that you got to pick a side on. Yeah, absolutely. You had uh, McEnroe and Becker and then McEnroe and Connors. And then you had Agassi and uh, Pete Sampras. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Nadal and Federer. Wow. Yeah. That was in 85 when Becker won at 17. That's wild. Wow. 17 years old. <laughs> right. That's crazy. In 1985, that's third, almost 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap. You think you could so have I- made some money on the 17-year-old at Wimbledon? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I would have bet the 17-year-old. What are his odds? <laughs> so I would have been nine. And you know what? I think I can remember being that young and tennis being on in my house. That might have been what we were watching back then. All the other nine-year-olds are out, you know, kicking the ball, yeah. playing road <laughs> hockey, shooting the basketball. Rashad's eating popcorn, drinking a cherry Coke or whatever it is that he likes. <laughs> Rashad's sitting there, that son of a bitch Becker. <laughs> Watching yeah. the ball go back and forth on his black and white TV. <laughs> <laughs> Learning swear words from John McEnroe. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, the memories, Rashad. Great memories. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why to this day you hate Germans. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so good. <laughs> That's so good. good. That's a good line. Get us back on the rails. What are we talking about today, Rashad? On the rails. Well, what nationality is Kachuk? He's not German, so. (laughs) It seems like a very close group here and a very, you know, solid group that's close to winning. And that was the most attractive part for me. So I'm excited to be here. So we've been inundated this week with questions uh, from email and social media, including questions about this topic. Uh, The Calgary Flames and Florida Panthers shocked the hockey world last Friday night when they announced a monster trade. Matthew Kachak goes to Florida and signs an eight-year contract worth about $9.5 million a year. In return, the Flames get Jonathan Uberdeau. Mackenzie Weger and Cole Schwint and a conditional first round pick. What do you guys think of the deal? The questions that came in are from people who want to know who won the deal. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to know who won the deal the second that it happened and, and right. who, who ends up getting a, a better... I mean, I think this is a pretty fair trade, One, uh, you know, off the top. I would suggest Calgary wins the deal because of that extra first-round pick. I really like Mackenzie Weger. I think he's a real solid defenseman and seemingly underrated on that team. And that comes from, we've talked about it a couple of times now, because of the circumstances when Aaron Ekblad goes down, the Florida Panthers don't necessarily miss much of a beat. Uh, and, and Mackenzie Weger is a, a big reason for that. So I think that's a great grab for Calgary. The conditional first is pretty good in there as well. But I think this is a pretty decent deal for Florida in, in getting a guy like Matthew Kinchuk who can play with Barkov and, and signing him to a, a long-term deal obviously just shows that the, the Panthers are looking for that extended success. I'd say Calgary because I like the pick, uh, but uh, I, I don't mind uh, this deal for either side. Yeah, some Flames fans seemed really disappointed by it, but I think it works out well for both teams. Yeah, if you know what, I I, I want to be able to argue with you guys here a little bit about <laughs> it's early. We'll, we'll get, who we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, uh, we'll, we will get there. But you know, like <laughs> I gotta give credit to Calgary here. They were under the gun. Yeah. Kachuk demanded a trade, asked, not demanded, asked for a trade, mm-hmm. shall we say, okay? Um, and and so everybody knew that they were moving Kachuk. Right. It was, can you get value for him, right? And you get Jonathan Hubido, who had a 115-point season yeah. with Florida. Do I think Hubie Doobie-Doo is going to be able to replicate that? No. No. Of course not. So Florida sells high in Hubido, but you mentioned it. Weaker's a really good chip. Yeah. That Calgary lands for the back end. And that's how Calgary plays, right? Like yeah. he's he's that style. He's a big guy. He moves well, but he, he's physical. And, and so Florida gets Kachuk, who's coming off a 104-point season, 42 goals last year. Mm-hmm. He will be judged on whether Florida can get past Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. right? And it may not be Kachuk's doing. It may be Tampa Bay's running out of time, right? But if Florida can't get past Tampa Bay, especially in this upcoming season after this deal, people are going to look at that deal and go, this is awful for us. Yeah. Because you're signed Kachuk now for, what was it, Rashad? Eight more years at nine and a half million? Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Calgary's a winner just because I didn't think they'd be able to pull off and get value for Kachuk, knowing that <laughs> everybody knew that they were going to deal. Good point. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week, and it's from my Toronto Blue Jays. Rymel Tapia up for the third time. Sends a drive to deep center, but where is it? It's way over the head of Durant, who never saw it. He never saw it. Tapia round third, heading home. And inside the park, grand slam for Rymel Tapia. Rymel Tapia hits an inside-the-park grand slam in Boston after a terrible mistake by Jaron Duran of the Red Sox. 
that's not the play of the week, guys. What? How is that not the play of the week? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't see the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's the the highlight of the game is that the guy lost the ball in the sky and the other guy ran because no one touched the ball. It's not a highlight. Stop. Yeah, but not everybody what? would run full bore. He did. Did you see him when he hit the fly ball? He didn't turn it on until he turned around first base and realized that guy was 100 feet from the ball because he just stood there staring at the sky and then turned around and watched it bounce and let the left fielder go get it. Listen, it's a terrible mistake. But to beat out the throw at that point in the game, part of four of part of 28 runs. Yeah, oh, yeah, a real, real uh, nail biter. That's got to be. What would you have picked? I picked the flip and uh, the All Star game. That's oh, a play. The defensive That's play? a defensive play. The Jimenez? This is like it, it, the center fielder didn't even have to be there. It's like let's pull the center fielder and hit the ball right into center field and run the bases. Like my U five team does that. <laughs> that's not a play of a. That's not a highlight. When, when was the last time you saw an infield or an inside the park grand slam? Sure, if that's that's what you want to say. But I mean, give me a break. Outfielder. That is what I want to say. What are you talking <laughs> about? Outfielder didn't even touch the ball. Like, come on. It's not his fault that he's inept. Like, give me, a, give me a play, an inside the park grand slam where the guy comes in and dives and it just misses and he it hits off the wall. Uh, the relay goes high and wide. There's a close play at the plate or something. Not the guy, though. Oh, where'd the ball go? Rashad, Matt's just arguing for the sake of arguing. I agree. He let her, he's been drinking. What are you guys drinking over there? Actually, we forgot to get I'm, some drinks. I'm, I'm very parched. <laughs> I'm looking over at the barbecue. I might down some of that bullseye barbecue sauce right about now. <laughs> I've got like five kids staying in the house this week. One of them's got to be able to bring us something. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. Poor choice this week, people. I, I, we, no, we, you can do better next right week. Choice. You can do better next week. There will be one next week. Hopefully it's an actual play and not just a ball dropped out of the sky. <laughs> we'll post the options every Monday on our Twitter feed on Podcast FFC, and then you will get a chance to vote. Maybe somebody will touch the ball in the one that we pick next week. <laughs> and now let's talk some football. NFL training camps are now open. Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals has a new contract. It's five years $230.5 million, making him the second highest paid QB. What are you guys' thoughts on that? This is a terrible deal. <laughs> this is awful. As <laughs> quoting my good friend John Rashad, I hate this deal. <laughs> this is awful. Are you trying to tell me Kyler Murray is the second best quarterback in the NFL that he needs to be paid that way? Oh, I don't know what's worse. The fact that they actually had to put in the contract that he needs to do four hours of homework every Monday in preparation <laughs> for the team that he has to play the yeah, next Yeah, that's week. a bad look. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, basically, he just wanted that much more to be paid more than Deshaun Watson. Yep. And Deshaun Watson, for all other reasons, had nothing to do with football. He's getting overpaid as well. Now, Lamar Jackson is owed a new contract. Mm -hmm. He's better than Kyler Murray, so now he's going to be paid more than Kyler Murray. And salaries continue to skyrocket. 
Yeah. This is terrible. That, but that's what it is. I mean, he's he's got to take a deal because he wants to be the, the highest paid player and then the next guy is going to want to be the highest paid player and the next guy is going to want to be. And yeah, like I read a good article and, and funny enough that you mentioned Lamar Jackson, I, I wrote a, read an article about why the Kyler Murray deal is a good deal and why in doing a that. A good deal it just for who? Screws. Well, here's their points. He's, he's young. He's good. He's getting better. And he plays in a division that they should have success in over the next couple of years. So, I mean, he should be in the playoffs every year. He should realistically win that division a couple of times, at least in that contract. And they had to get him under contract. So, of course, he wants to be the next highest played pair. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is making $78 million a year, whatever he is. No one's going to touch that. But they're just going to keep leapfrogging each other. And that's, that's all it's going to turn out to be. But, I mean... Arizona had to get the guy signed. They get the guy signed. It seems like a, a deal that they did. It's not a forever contract. It's five years. I don't think it's as as I don't hate it like you hate it. I, I just think the whole thing is ruined by the fact that you have to put a clause in there that the kid actually has to watch <laughs> video on Monday uh, and and have an idea of who he's playing. That's probably uh, it's not like uh, like sure, honey, you can go out tonight, but you're also going to carry around this live camera the whole time, and I'm going to have a zapper in my pocket that uh, goes off anything uh, anytime I, you do something I don't like. It's hilarious because he can't play video games. Mm-hmm. You know, he, in the contract it says you can't be distracted or you can't be doing something else while doing your homework. Yeah. Hilarious. What does he want? (laughs) We're paying this guy $230 million, and what does he want? He doesn't want anything because (laughs) – but it doesn't matter. You you either – in the NFL, the NFL is so wild now about one position. Yes, the quarterback. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. Do you want to go into the draft and try to find another Kyler Murray, or do you want to just sign the Kyler Murray that you have that you already know and and just make him happy? Most general managers are just gonna. It's one less problem he has to deal with. You know, I I, I think the you know in looking back on it, and, and I w- loved the idea of you know Kyler Murray being drafted by the A's in the first round, right? Like baseball. what? What was that conversation yeah. like now? Right, yeah. <laughs> like five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars playing in the NFL. Like, what did you say to the kid at that point? We're like, no, you should play baseball. There's right. more money in baseball. Obviously, he made the right decision <laughs> not to go to baseball. No kidding, because he's going to the bank right now. Well, and Manny, and only one hundred and sixty million of it's guaranteed. So, I mean, it's a steal. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, half of it's going to get taxed. At least sure. the guy's Come probably on. making like. Two million dollars a year, hundred sixty million guaranteed. At least yeah, it's man. not fully guaranteed, like Deshaun Watson, yeah. who gets every single penny <laughs> of the contract, no matter what. Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire, and all of the questions are from listeners. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Let's oh, go. this should be good. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a mood, John. He's in a mood. Wow. <laughs> it's like someone, it's like Kyler Murray stole his money or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Our <laughs> listeners have asked questions. <laughs> <laughs> He's bashing the listeners now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Have you never worked retail, Matt? The customer is always right. Look, <laughs> look on this show, you've always, you've got to have somebody smart. Manny, <laughs> you've got to have the good-looking one, Rashad, 
And then you got to have the one that everybody hates. All right. <laughs> the evil one. Hey, great pick on the play of the week, guys. Let's see what kind of brain busters you got for us in rapid fire. <laughs> that definitely was the play of the week. <laughs> All right. Joey in Calgary. Hey, Joey. Oh, yeah. Let's get started with Joey in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent teammate. The Toronto Blue Jays exploding for 28 runs in one game and sweeping the Boston Red Sox. He wants to know if that's a sign for the Blue Jays in the second half of the season. No, it's one game and the Red Sox are no good. It's not a it's, they're not a, they're not a good team. So no, it's it's a series that they had to win. They've been playing very well since they switched over switch coaches to the bench coach. And now they get to play against St. Louis, who can't bring five of their best players because of the, of the COVID restrictions. So like we said before, when, when you were down here uh, in the beginning of this month, the Blue Jays have an opportunity to go on a run. They, they didn't in the, uh, the previous uh, time that we had said so. It looks like they're going on a run now. But no, I mean, it's one game. Like, relax. Yeah, there's still 80 games in the second half of the season. Yeah. It's a great sign for them. I think it's more of a great sign that they made the manager move. Which I told you guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> rapid fire. Move it along, Manny. Come on now. But it's just one game. Hold your horses. <laughs> and speaking of the Blue Jays, Paul in Wardsville <laughs> asked a question after watching the uh, Alec Manoa uh, mic'd up segment on the All-Star game. He wants to know if we'd like to see pitchers mic'd up all the time during baseball games. I think that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Now, you might have to bleep it because... In a non-All-Star game, it's probably a little bit more competitive. Mm. I think Manoa got into it with the Boston bench yeah. in the very first series. The Mike wasn't on on that one. Yeah. However, I'd be interested to hear what they were saying. Look, I, I think you even have to go a little bit further than like you said. Major League Baseball wants to make some money. An unedited audio feed that you have to sign whatever else. You have to prove your age. You've got to send in whatever. I would pay extra if you just had the microphone in the dugout and the microphone on the players and, and you got to kind of flip through and, and listen to, to what's what. I mean, you, you let us see the signals that the catcher is giving the pitcher on every pitch. It's basically the only real mystery of what happens in baseball. Mic them up, let them fly. It'd be hilarious. I like that idea. Like, like we'll pay an extra subscription. It's sure, three hundred bucks a year or something for the MLB package. I'd pay an extra hundred, hundred and fifty, and send you my passport to show you how old I am to get the unedited stuff. It's great that Buck Martinez returned Tuesday night to the Blue Jays broadcast. He's mm-hmm. been battling cancer. But how about in your idea? There's no broadcasters. Yeah, it's just the field sound and the mic. Sure. And, and I mean, who's mic'd up? Is the is the robot umpire mic'd up that you can hear what's going on at home plate? <laughs> is it the catcher? Are there mics that you can click through and pick? Oh, let's let's hear what the, the dugout saying after you gave up four runs and blew the lead in the seventh inning. Like the, the pitcher's definitely mic'd. Yeah. And then the dugouts are mic'd. Yeah. I think it's a billion dollar idea. Deal. I'd like to. I'd like to hear the managers and uh, the back catcher too when they go out to the mound. Yeah, yeah. The mics ma- uh, mic'd. The yeah, mound so is the, mic'd. If yeah, the, yeah. If the pitcher's mic'd, you will hear that, right? Yep, yep. So, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm into, I'm into it. that. All in. A question from Jeff in Ilderton about the LA Rams championship rings. They have the most carat weight in championship ring history with a removable top 
so you can see SoFi Stadium inside. Jeff asks whether these championship rings are getting too sophisticated. Well, yeah, they're getting way too sophisticated, (laughs) but that's just part of the business, right? You're just trying to one-upsmanship the next championship team, isn't it? Soon they're going to be monstrosities that you can't even wear. Can you wear these ones? I, I don't know if you can. I don't think so. They're they're weighty, right? Like the most carrot, did you say most carrot weight yeah. ever? Yeah. And they're large, right? To be that detailed? Like I, I think they're just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. You dislocate your finger after putting the ring on? It's it's a bit much. Like <laughs> you should be able to, you know, you wear them around and I mean these you're probably just putting in a in a vault somewhere and, and not even actually showing anybody but uh, like you said they're you're not going to be who's going to be the team that comes up afterwards okay okay so we decided to go a little bit smaller this year uh we got one big diamond <laughs> in the middle there's a bunch of crackers around the uh, the outside uh it's not gonna happen i mean the next one's just gonna be bigger and better pretty soon they're gonna be talking i mean no some of the other ones they've got videos in them already and it's it's nuts it's an entirely new industry and i always love watching the the uh growth of of the super bowl ring or the world series rings. see what else like you do. look at the one yeah. at like 1991 as an example like it looks like i could have got put a quarter in a machine and won that thing in comparison to what these teams are getting right. now <laughs> i think it looks like my high school ring <laughs> yeah it's yeah. basically what it yeah. is the yeah, 1991 exactly. rings we have a question from Ken in Guelph about Dustin Brown. The LA Kings announced his number 23 will be retired this season and a statue will be built outside the arena, joining Wayne Gretzky and Luke Robitaille, the only players to have statues in LA. Ken wants to know if a statue is a little much. You know what, Ken? This, you know what, I'm going to give Ken and Guelph some credit. This is a fair question. Everyone can learn from Ken and Guelph. This is a fair question. Because immediately you think, no, he doesn't get a statue. But then when you look at Dustin Brown's career, he's, what is he, seventh all-time in points, sixth all-time in goals, eighth all-time in assists, and he wasn't an offensive guy. That wasn't his, his skill level. He wasn't that you know a playmaker like that. He was the captain for the team, the only team that's won two Stanley Cups for the LA Kings. It's not out of the realm of of possibility when you look at his career compared to other LA Kings players. So I like it with a caveat that if you're going to do a statue for him, Anzi Kopitar and Drew Doughty better get statues too. He doesn't deserve a statue. I totally get it. He did something that Wayne Gretzky didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? He won two championships with the Kings. But when you think about those championship teams, and maybe this is more for Rashad because they beat up on his Canucks <laughs> and he didn't like the Kings very much in the playoff runs. Who do you think of from those teams? I don't know if you think of Dustin Brown. Probably think of Jeff Carter. You, you know, Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty, right? Dustin Brown may be fifth or sixth on the list. Are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell oh, me? Oh, here he goes. It took us Justin a while. Brown deserves a statue before Marcel Dion. I, wow. I bet That's you a good point. there's a lot of people in LA that didn't even know Marcel Dion played for the Kings. Probably it was <laughs> it was before the Gretzky time. Yep. 
But Marcel Dion was the face of that franchise uh-huh. for so long. Well, or Rob Blake, he's running the team now. Right. He's not going to appoint himself a statue. Rashad, who do you think of <laughs> when you think of the LA Kings championship teams? Is Dustin Brown the first guy come to mind? <clears throat> no. No, actually he's not. But I have another question for you. Do you think Luke Robitaille deserved one? Uh, eh. He didn't win anything either. He played no. with Gretzky, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is the first guy that's so won something. And, and he was the captain for both years. I I don't think it's he I don't lead, think it's ridiculous. He, I think he's a franchise leader in games played too, right? So he has that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, he was a great player. And and like I said, I mean he's he's ranked in the top ten in all of the offensive categories, and he was not an offensive player. He was a he was a grinder. He was a good captain. I I don't... I mean, statue is always a wild thing to put out there. So, I, I mean, it seems like it's a bit much. But really, when you get down to it, I mean, if you're going to compare it to other people, I don't know who else you'd put. That's why I mentioned Anzi Kopitar and, and Drew Doughty probably should be on that list, too. And a question from Chris in Detroit about the Detroit Pistons announcing the return of the teal jerseys. He wants to know if you guys like the throwbacks. First of all, these are not real throwbacks. Everybody's throwing the word throwback around. Like throwbacks are the 8990 Pistons bad boy jerseys with that yes. are blue with the red trim yeah, and the yeah. white stripe through yeah, the yeah. red. Those would be considered throwbacks. This one's got a horse for horsepower. Yes. The P and the Pistons got the Pistons yes. sticking out of it. And it's got an ugly teal. <laughs> This is a terrible jersey to bring back. This is straight fire, boys. No, it's not. This is just because it's got fire. fire on the jersey. You like it? Literally straight fire. No, this is. I'm telling you, this is going back. This is the glory days, man. This is Jerry Stackhouse, Lindsey Hunter, Grant Hill, Who? Christian Leitner. What did they win? Jerome Williams. The, what was what his did name? They win? The dog, Mad Dog, or something like that. What junkyard was, Dog. Junkyard Dog. It's, it's going back to J J Junkyard Dog. JYD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. New New Era. Jaden Ivey showing up on the poster, wearing the teal. The no. Pistons since two thousand and six. The Pistons have been have not been this relevant. You bring that the teal the teal jerseys on opening night. We're gonna be there. It's going to yeah. be wild. Rashad, you're coming down for I, this too, so you can boo the jerseys with us, right? Do you like these jerseys? Okay, perfect, perfect. You know what? I was willing to give Matt the benefit of the doubt until he said Christian Leitner. He was a superstar. <laughs> superstar with the Pistons. <laughs> superstar. Christian. What did they win? Christian, you Why know, did they win? They won almost as many games as they lost in the time that they wore those jerseys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Almost. Yeah, such a great, great, almost. great decade. Did they even wear them for a decade? They wore them for five years. Five years. Five golden years. And in that, in the Eastern Conference, just to paint a picture, they finished. They So they wore them from 96 to 2001. They finished 7th, 5th, 11th, 5th, 7th and 10th in the Eastern Conference. And and I'm not and I'm not done. We're in four play went to the playoffs for 4 years, lost in the first round all 4 years, 
and have four total playoff victories in those four years. Wow, Grant Hill was on some bad teams. <laughs> Alvin in Gentry and Doug Collins, the head coaches. Oh my God, you want to impress me? Glory days, Detroit. You want to impress me, Pistons? <laughs> Wear the 89-90 Bad Boys jersey with the short shorts. That would impress me. You know what I want them to wear? I want them to wear the Bad Boys shirts that have my horn on it yeah. and the big padded ones yeah. uh, that they used to wear. Let's that were black back. with the skull across. I remember there's those. Your, there's your jersey. There's your jersey. <laughs> okay, I have a conspiracy theory. They wear the teal ones. They get really good, and then the year that they're finally going to win the championship, then they throw it back to the the bad boys' jerseys. What do you guys think? I, I think not only that, when they're really good and they're really close, they go sign Bill Lambeer <laughs> and Rick Mahorn <laughs> and Isaiah and get them back in here. Grant, come on. Where's Grant Hill and all this? Come on. Like – Grant, Knowing the history of these teal jerseys, they won't even be close to sniffing a championship. They're not. They stink. <laughs> Just like the jerseys. Chris in Detroit, I, I'm not going to be crossing the border anytime soon. Can you send me one? <laughs> I'm going to the Piston site right now. I'm buying us all teal hats to wear. Keep the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Sign up to be notified for pre-sale. It's that hot. You can't even buy them right now. Pre-sale. <laughs> can't even get onto the damn site. Oh, that's a lot of money for a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Why are jerseys so expensive? You want 135 American dollars? It doesn't have sleeves. Right. It's a half a shirt. There's no sleeves on the shirt. <laughs> I don't know. Check out this trucker hat. That's pretty sick. The hat's good. They want 40 bucks for that? Oh, jeez. You know why that's good? There's more white than teal in it. <laughs> well, I just signed you up for a 10% off coupon. Oh, so. great. I'm only going to have to coax one pigeon into the microwave to feed my family because I got to pay for a jersey. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now it's time for pump it or dump it. If you can believe it, we're only half an hour in and we're already to pump it or dump it's it. rapid. Well, rapid. And we went long. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to stretch it to the quota. Get the people what it's worth. <laughs> So this one is from Dean in London. He submitted an oldie that has become popular again. He writes people either love it or they hate it. Here's the song. And you've definitely heard that recently. The song is Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, which was originally released in 1985, but it's on the charts this month because of Stranger Things on Netflix. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. Wow, Boris Becker, 1985. Do you think Boris Becker was listening to this song to get fired up? Maybe that's that was his championship song at Wimbledon. Right? When he was 17. Maybe he he was was sleeping with Kate Bush. And she wrote the song about him. Now... Now that's a bigger conspiracy than Rashad's jersey conspiracy. 
Rashad, do you like this song? You're a big song guy. No, I do not like this song. I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Why is it like, okay, old old man question. Get off my yeah. lawn! Never seen a second of Stranger Things. Is this like a part of a big scene or something like that? I don't know what I, you don't have to name the characters or anything. I don't I don't really you care. You should ask my daughters and my nieces or is, it a, is it a big deal? Right it's a big deal. Is it as it's big as this season? It's as okay. Oh, so okay. I'm assuming it's somebody dies. Season four, I think, is what they're okay, on. So for somebody Stranger dies things. and they play the song. Is that kind of the scenario? Or? I have no idea okay. where, where, where they um, play yeah, it. It can't be as good as Zombies yeah, 3. Have you seen Zombies 3 yet? What a picture. Finally, Addison finally figures out where she's from where where she belongs is, good for her is kate bush in that film <laughs> no but there's a couple of bangers from that soundtrack oh! not gonna lie maybe we'll get a submission next week <laughs> never know evelyn and windsor <laughs> do you like that song kate bush i do not no that's gonna be a no for me dog i don't like that song at all either I didn't. I'm. I'm on the Rashad wagon. I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. <laughs> you want a song like that from the '80s, Pat Benatar? Go for Pat Benatar. Oh, over I, which Pat Benatar though? Oh, very oh, no, good. Actually, did you hear she's not going to perform "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" anymore because of uh, gun violence? Really? She has self-canceled that song. So she attributes that. <laughs> To gun violence, and I don't so she's stopped that. that. Well, she, she's worried that people might, and so she's not going to sing it anymore. She says, right. "If you want to see it anymore, tough luck." I don't hate that. So, yeah, but I like uh, "Shadows of the Night." Uh, what else was? Uh, so Rashad's trying to revive all the oldies to put him in the top forty charts. In we need to have an. We need to have an oldie August or an oldie October for pump it or dump, pump it? It or dump it. Let's do that for oh, August. We'll do that for August. Yeah, the August. Best classics. Pump it or yep. dump it. Before the 90s. Oh, okay. Pre-90s. Oh, like yes. Yeah. Let's get into it when it really mattered, when it was real. Okay. For, for future considerations at gmail.com, send us your pre-90s classics to see if we would still today yes. pump it or dump it. I like that. Yeah. Let's do it. Because this is a big dump. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 10 inch pork wiener <laughs> dump. This is this is the dump lap you had 10 Dodger dogs and you need to relieve yourself afterwards. Curtis is pissed at us, by the way, because we were in LA. We didn't even call him. Right. We're trying to get him to, to move to Windsor. If, we're if, in his town. He didn't yeah. even call. If you he remember, he messaged me. He didn't even think the OT was that funny. So, oh. Yeah, so screw him. <laughs> screw him, indeed. <laughs> That's terrible. Wow. Like, we, if you heard the show last week, we were outdoors in LA. Today, we're outdoors in Windsor. It doesn't have the same vibe. No, it's weird. Still a lot of women in the pool, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who they are, but... <laughs> and that does it for another debate on Rapid Fire. <laughs> Stay tuned this Friday for the release of our second episode of the week called The OT, where we will talk about the legacy of Vince McMahon. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Ooh. And we'll have a special guest. A good friend of ours will join us on the OT, too. If you have any show or guest suggestions or questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com.
And we're always posting on social media. Follow us, Podcast FFC, on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. And give us a rating, too, if you're on the Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Give us a five-star rating, and we'll send you 10 cents. (laughs) Because we're spending all our money on teal Pistons jerseys, (laughs) apparently. Yes, I had to spend $135 American dollars to get something that covers me about as much as an apron. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> speaking of aprons we'd like to thank shane topolovic of next level athletics in windsor he's specializing in sport training but mostly nutrition he's uh-huh. slaving away in the kitchen he's with the his gordon ramsay of uh fitness <laughs> we also want to thank london awnings quality that shows <laughs> thank you for listening everyone we will talk to you on the ot on friday for the next edition of four future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard one of the most disgusting rudest sick demonstrations in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.